Hey guys, welcome in. It's Brad with College Sportscast, and we are here tonight to do week four of the Big Fuss Show. Please have your attention. It's all a commotion around here. What are you talking about? Let them yap at you. It's actually very exciting. All right. Well, it looks like Brad has logged off again. So we'll wait till he comes back. On the Big Fudge Show. Give Brad a chance to come back. Give it a minute. He should be back in just a second. We had technical difficulties last week, so... Just, just bear with us. He's back, Brad. All right. I'm back, guys. This thing, when I try to play my videos, it wants to cut me off. It did it the other night, too. So, anyways. We're back. I'm back. We should be all right now. Um, at least we were the other night. Um, so, it's Brad with College Sportscast, and we're here to do our Week four of the Big Fuss Show, and got John Hammonds on with me. What's up, Hammonds? What's up, man? So I think that it'll be me and John tonight, I believe. So we'll try to give you a little bit of fuss here, and we'll give you some news and some updates, and we will also um, do some of our segments, pick six, no fly zone, and try to have a little fun with you guys tonight. <clears throat> so, again, we are College Sportscast. Um, we are presented by the Fanboys. And we are on Let's Talk Sports. We are featured on Sideline Sports, The Real Fresh Channel. I'm a writer and on Stadium Rant, so you can check them out. They have a YouTube channel as well. And we are on WSBN TV channel 30. How you find us on that? You can find us on your Roku, Apple, or Fire TV. And with that, all you got to do is download the BoxCast app. And once you download the BoxCast app, search for World Sports Broadcast Network. And once you find them, then you can do you can find College Sportscast on Channel 30. I was trying to talk to the dog. <laughs> What's that? 
I was trying to talk to the dog. Oh, I thought you you were messing with me because I thought is he talking and I can't hear him or what? No, I was I was trying to talk to the dog. <laughs> ah, okay. I, you were messing with me. I was like, can he not hear me or what? All right. So to start out with, we're going to start out with some um, news and opening topics and stuff. So right before we come on, I was looking up some news, and it looks like that Brady Cook is questionable this week for Missouri. Um, so I wanted to start with that. You know, Missouri had a big win last week um, <clears throat> over Kansas State. 61-yard field goal to win the game. And, uh, you know, 61 was a record, by the way. Um, anyway, so um, Brady Cook is questionable. He took a hit to the knee. Says in the first half, he finished the game, played great, had 356 yards, two touchdowns, and, you know, led the Tigers to the victory over, you know, Kansas State. Uh, but now they're saying he's questionable. So that's that's some news I figured we'd drop. I'm not sure if everybody knows it yet or not. Yeah, I, I got it earlier today. So um, yeah, I, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty big news for Missouri in terms of their quarterback play. Yeah. So uh, Sam Horn, I think, would be the backup if Brady mm -hmm. Cook is, can't go. Um, and then Jake Garcia would be his backup. If get news, they do play. They play Memphis at home this week. Is who think, they play on Saturday? Yeah, I think they're a five and a half point favorite, Missouri. Yeah, they play not, Memphis not, this week. It's not so, really. Yeah, but um, Iowa tight end had surgery on his right ankle and is likely to miss the rest of the season. I, I just want to kind of open up with this. Um, you know, I know we don't watch the NFL, um, but last night I just kind of want to give some good luck, charm, and some positive vibes to Nick Chubb. Um, he – his leg gave out last night and, you know, he, you know, he had that knee injury at Tennessee um, back in 2015. Um, he, he's been really injury prone when it comes to knees. And it's just tough to see a kid like Nick Chubb go through something like that. So I just wanted to give my vibes out to the Browns and to the Georgia Bulldogs to say good luck um, with your surgery, Nick Chubb. And we hope to see you back on the field. It's just tough to see a person of his caliber that that fights every time to get back on the field, and then he gets hurt again. It's just it's tough. I mean, I agree with you. There's guys that go through it two or three, four times, and you know, eventually, it will cost him his career. I mean, I'm sure it will. You know, and hopefully this one doesn't, and he can get back. So, um, you know. I'll, I'll second that. I mean, you know, it's always tough to watch somebody get hurt. So, you know, um, hopefully he'll get back and be able to play again. I'm sure it'll be next year. Now, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. 
um, after that injury. But Iowa tight end, uh, Lachey, Lachey, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, um, is had surgery on his right ankle today. He's probably going to be out for the year, Kurt France said. So, uh, you know, they mm-hmm. scored 41 points over the weekend last weekend. I mean, it was against like Western Michigan or somebody like that. But they scored 41 <laughs> points. That's a lot of points for Iowa. Yeah. You know, we're 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 moving up. We're moving on up, like the song says. <laughs> that's that's a lot of points for Iowa. So that's a couple of news things mm-hmm. um, that I'll get started with tonight. And then I wanted to bring up this. Through week three, there are 39 undefeated remaining teams in college football. 39 so far. Through week three. I'm just saying Kentucky's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just like, yeah, he dropped that in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. But anyways, 39 teams out of 133 are mm-hmm. still undefeated. Um, I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds low after three weeks of a non-conference schedule for most teams. It does not. It? I think it. I think it kind of does myself. <clears throat> All right, our next little drop of knowledge here: Week Four slate of games. I know you're probably excited about it. I'm excited about it. There is a bunch of good games to watch this week. There are gonna, six ranked versus ranked teams. I'll just give you mine. Um, I'll just give you about three or four of mine that I, I have um, that that I'm interested in watching. You know, I'm excited about the FSU game at Clemson, and I'm not real happy about the fact that they got it at a noon kick. That's to me. This game should have been at least prime time, and we'll get into that little deal at the end of the show about the noon kicks. I'm just not a fan of this noon kick. I think this game should be a prime time slot, um, at least 7.30, 9 o'clock, because, you know, a lot of eyes will be on this game. You know what I mean? I mean, I agree with you on this game, but you can't have them all at the 7 o'clock. There are – counting this game, there are – Seven really big games. You they can't are. have them all playing at the same time. I agree with you. And then the other game is Colorado um, at um, Oregon. That should be a really good game. It's the three thirty kick on ABC. Then you got UCLA going to at, going at to Utah. Um, UCLA going to Utah. That should be a really big game. It's on Fox. Then you got the CBS game. You got Ole Miss going to Alabama, which, you know, Alabama is starting Jalen Milrow this week. Um, they moved him back um, into the starting lineup. Then you got the game that a lot of people's not really talking about. Um, pick your underdog, America. Oregon State goes to Washington State. Who who you who you got in this game? <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a little tidbit on this game. Okay. Before this week, they have played 98 times, okay, Oregon State and Washington State. 
This is the first time ever that both teams have been ranked. That's that's pretty insane to me. Oregon because State versus Washington State. There's been some really good Washington State and Oregon State teams too. This is the first time in – this will be 99 meetings. This is the first time that both teams have been ranked. And and then I'm going to go with, with the game day game, um, Ohio State going to Notre Dame. We'll find out a lot about Ohio State, and we'll find a lot about Notre Dame, which okay. we've seen yeah, the last both couple of weeks. Notre Dame has improved, especially under quarterback with Sam Hartman. But the biggest game to me – I think – I know people's going to say, well, it's just a Big Ten game, but I think it's huge for both. It's Penn State and Iowa. That's the nightcap. That's this the night a, game. For me, this could be a game that Iowa puts themselves on the map. You know, they go into Happy Valley and they pull off a win. You know, Iowa could be in the running for a playoff. Um. You know, but you can also there. say the same thing about Penn State. You could say the same thing about them as well. Um, I think, though, the loss might doom Penn State more because they still got to play, um, I think, is it Michigan and Ohio State? So, Iowa, I think, can afford a yep. loss a little bit easier. But Penn State's going to – if they lose this game, I don't think they can – get back in that race. That's because they're opinion. still in a division. They're still in a yeah. division with Ohio State and my and Michigan State. Yeah, it, it, it's, it will be tough. And yeah. I was not. Yeah. So those are those, are, makes, my, those are my four or five. Yeah, but who, I'm going to ask you, who, who do you think makes the biggest statement this weekend out of all these great games? I mean, I'm not telling you to name who you think are going to win or whatever, you know, but what team, you know, what – do you think is going to make when, when it's all said and done on Sunday, when we're doing our weekend wrap up show or when everybody's uh, tweeting or social media or whatever, late Saturday night, Sunday morning, who's everybody going to be talking about? I'm going to go Florida State. Okay. You know, I know I know they struggled last week against Boston College. They didn't have the best game. You know, there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties. But I think yeah. you go yeah. into Clemson and you win, to me that's making a statement. Because everybody I mean, there's a well, bunch of big games. That's the reason why I was asking. I mean, you know, well, Ohio Clemson's State, not really Clemson's not really Clemson, but it's still Clemson. At the end of the day, it's still Clemson. Yeah, it is. And Oh, yeah, it is, especially win, at home. A win on the road in a hostile environment in Death Valley would say that, hey, FSU is here to stay, and FSU is here to to ruin, ruin, ruin a party. And I think it's going to be – they win this game, there's a great opportunity for Florida State to be in the top four coming down the road when it when it's all said and done. I think if they win this game, they have a good shot at least being in the top inside the top six, and we'll see how it all plays out. They might have a chance. I mean, they have to keep winning, but I agree with you. They would definitely have a chance to make the college football. I think playoff. Notre Dame's another one. I think Sam Hartman's the real deal. 
I think he's so that's he's, my pick. That's my pick. My biggest statement is going to be Notre Dame, to be honest with you. Um, I think you that was really seen. That was my dark horse. That was my dark horse for this year was, was Notre Dame outside of, you know, like the top six or seven teams that everybody was talking about. Um, I had two, um, Notre Dame and Washington were my two dark horse teams that were outside of the top, you know, eight or so, um, that I thought really had a chance to make some noise this year with this big in South Bend, you know, at home, Notre Dame has a golden opportunity here with Sam Hartman, a quarterback, to make a massive statement, in my opinion. And, and I'll be honest with you, Ohio State hasn't really played to their pop, to their ability yet. They haven't really played. They, have they looked a little better last week, but it was Western Kentucky. So we'll see. Let's kind of slow the brakes on it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know yet. I'm not saying anything terrible, but, I mean, it was Western Kentucky, and they did look a little better last week. So I'll give them that. But, you know, so out of out of all of it, you picked Florida State and I picked Notre Dame. I think those um, could be the biggest statement come Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, I think we picked two pretty good ones. So, yeah. all right. Another thing of news today that come out was the SEC has suspended four players from the Florida-Tennessee game for fighting at the end of it. Um, and I kind of wanted to get your take on this. You're, you know, SEC guy and, uh, um, you know, know a lot of people in the SEC circles and, and that kind of stuff. So Florida's going to be – they suspended them for the first half. Uh, they're not suspended mm-hmm. the entire game. But Florida is down two offensive linemen and their tight end on that up front. Now, they're playing Charlotte this coming yeah, week. So they're not playing, you there know. Should, there should be no really lapses against Charlotte. And Tennessee is losing one of their defensive linemen in, for the UTSA game in the first half. My biggest thing – with, with this whole thing was the end, like the end of the game, you know, Josh Hopper calls a timeout when I get was a couple seconds left. I'm not sure one second, three seconds. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah. It wasn't much. And then, you know, the Florida player, Graham Mertz went down to take a knee and then the Tennessee guy just come over and just slapped him down, like knocked him over. And then the Florida guy, Started pushing and shoving. You know, eventually, yeah. what you're what you're going to do, one thing leads to another, and you're going to have the whole team on you, and that's what yeah. that's eventually what happened. And even yeah. Josh Heupel, he apologized to Billy Napier at midfield about it. He said, "I was," re-, he said, "I'm really sorry about what happened and whatnot." But there's no use in that in 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 college football. You know, that that could have easily got somebody injured. Somebody could got hurt out of that. Um, there's just no – and it's not just one side. It was both sides. Both sides need to act a little better when it came to this. It, it's just well, – I mean, the game was you know, over. 
It was. The game was it's a bitter over. rivalry. I mean, it was over. It's a bitter rivalry. Yeah. Tennessee and Florida hate each other. And but it was 29 knew, to 16. There was a few seconds left. The game was over. They were fixing to kneel. I mean, there's no sense in that. There's, there's just not, no. So, I mean, none of it, you know? I mean, there's no sense in that. The game was over. So, you know, nice. tuck your tail. If you're Tennessee, I know you don't like losing. I know you don't. But if you're Tennessee, tuck your tail, go to the locker room, you know, Sometimes it happens. Sometimes you just lose, and then yeah, come I mean, back no, next and, week. And when when the game is over, you know, show some class, show some respect. It's not like there was eight minutes and sixteen seconds left, and you still had you know hope and thinking maybe you could you know come back in this game or something. I mean, the game was what over. Was really so. interesting about this game was you know Tennessee goes down and scores. They go up seven nothing, and then they never scored again until what? Like, to the, was it the second? Oh, it was in the second half. It was close to the, yeah. It was in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Florida's defense really stepped up. Their their defense really played a big game Saturday night. And kudos. Oh to yeah, Florida. absolutely. You know, well, just, Florida's as Florida's running backs just ran it down their throat. To be honest with you, and as um, a Tennessee fan. You just say, you know what? We took our lunch. We got beat. We beat, got a beat down put on us. We come back the next week and we just try. I mean, to Mertz only had like 155 yards. You yeah, know, I mean, he you, wasn't like crazy. You just, like you said, you tuck your tail, you get home, you try to work on the things and practice and get better for UTSA this week. Because UTSA is no slouch of a team. I know they're a group of five and all that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're a decent team. And uh, they'll want to be come to, you know, to Neyland and, and knock them off if they can. I mean, I don't know that they can. I think Tennessee is going to handle it. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be up to do it is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And you can't. And you can't let one loss turn into two. Right. <clears throat> exactly. You know, get your players suspended for games and stuff. I mean, it's just not, you know, I mean, it's just not worth it. So um, our, our next topic that I'm going to talk about is the Colorado State and Colorado game last week. And it, this topic, at least, is not about what you think it's going to be on, actually. <laughs> At least this topic is. So Saturday night, they were in the late 10 o'clock time slot on ESPN. Um, and this game went in double overtime and actually didn't get over till like 2.30 in the morning um, on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And it was in that late of a time slot, Okay. Mm-hmm. And this game got 9.3 million viewers. It is the most watched ever late night ESPN time slot game. Can't you call that last the year? <laughs> last year, this time slot averaged 1.7 million viewers. That's pretty and remarkable. It got, 
and it got 9.3 million viewers to watch Colorado versus Colorado State. Yeah. I mean, if I would have said that last year, you guys would have thought I had lost my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly what you just said. You know, we can we can talk about the good and the bad that comes with Dion and all that he's bringing out there. There is good, there's bad. There's we can talk about all that if you want to. And we can debate it and we can talk here and back and forth and everything. But the truth is it brings people wanting to see and watch. Mm -hmm. And, and also on top of this, Colorado actually for the first time ever, and I believe it was today announced that the rest of their home games are sold out for the season. It's the first time ever in both. So he's a moneymaker, man. I mean, he's making it's all about, he's making it's all about, crap. It's all about a brand. It's all about TV. It's and I tell people, you know, I'm not the biggest Dion fan. I'll be honest with you. I just, you know, to me, it's the arrogance and the and the cockiness that gets me. Um, but but you got to understand though, that's where Dion's been like that his whole life, like. Ever since he was back at Florida State, when he played in the NFL, he was that's just Dion. And people are going to watch that stuff. That's just that's just what it is. So at the end of the day, we can debate, you know, the late. I mean, he hit. brings we can debate that hit all day long. It was it was an ugly scene. And it that, that wasn't even part of it, you know. Shadur Sanders, I gouged a player, um, you know. The Colorado State defender, he they were fighting my, before, and we'll get into it a little bit more here in a minute. But yeah, it was you know, just that, that was the game. You know, I mean, there's just the a lot either. that goes into it. But the truth is, man, I mean, people are buying tickets. ESPN's making tons of money. Fox is making tons of money. The game before last, Fox had like eight point seven million viewers or 8.4 or something like that. It was eight point something, Um, you know, so TV money is up. Colorado's money is up. People are interested. People are watching. The fans are showing up. There are things that is absolutely a positive. And I just wanted to bring that up. And also, like I said, they sold out their tickets as well mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. And it's the first time ever. So, all right, let's go on to our pick six.
All right, guys. We're going to go on to our pick six. See if I can get this to come up. See if I can get that to go off. <laughs> Sometimes when I play that stuff, it wants to cut me out. So I never know. All right. So our first pick six of the night, I'll get it to come up here in a few minutes. Our first pick six of the night, we did the SEC and the Big 12 last week. Mm-hmm. So this week, I thought that we would do our pick six segment and we would do the ace. We'll start with the ACC. Mm-hmm. So power six on the ACC. Who do you think is in the top six for the ACC conference so far through three weeks? I guess you got to go with um, FSU as number one. Um, Let's see. Then you got, I'm guessing you'll put North Carolina in there. Uh, North Carolina's the other one. Um, Duke would be three. And I'm going to go four, Clemson. Five is Miami. And I'm going to go a little different route. Six, to me, is going to be Louisville. I think Louisville's in the top six this week. But they're going to have to play better than they did against Indiana if they're going to if they're going to win some more games. I mean, they played good first half, but second half they kind of um, got complacent, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, and won them the Georgia Tech game. Um, you know, they could have lost that game. We beat Indiana 21-14. I'm not completely sold on them yet, but, uh, you know, my my power six for the ACC, um, of course, you got to have Florida State, I think, at number one. I think you have North Carolina and Duke, two and three. Um, probably Clemson at four. So I think those are the same. Um, somebody sent a you know, message. I guess your mic that, is your mic is kind of echo or uh, staticky or something. It says. And we lost him. Give it a few minutes. He'll be back. But yeah, my uh, my power six is um, let's see here: Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, Miami, and Louisville. And if you want to get technical, um, you know, NC State's probably behind those. Um, Syracuse is is right there. Um, 
Wake Forest is there. Pitt, uh, I just don't think Pitt's a real good team this year, I don't think. Georgia Tech, you know, they're they're rebuilding. And Virginia Tech and Boston College is rebuilding. So, um, to be honest, you know, if, if we're being – Really, the top the top four is um, Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, and Clemson, because the other the other teams are just you you put those four together in a hat, and then the rest of them you just kind of um, throw them off to the side. So, but uh, hopefully, Brad's coming back. <laughs> Here he is. I'm back. All right. I'm just going to have to quit uh, trying to run those videos because every time I do, that's what happens. Yep. All right. My bad, guys. I don't know. Every time I uh, try to run a video, it kicks me out for some reason. And I'm not exactly sure why, but it, it is. So, <clears throat> anyways, my top six, I said uh, the same four you did, top four. My five is going to be Miami, like you said. But my sixth team is going to be Syracuse. I, I think I'm pretty close to, the, to that. but I think Syracuse has played their way right now into being the sixth team in the ACC. If you look up what they've done on offense, um, you know, the, at the beginning of the season here, they have played really well. Um, they beat a Purdue team 35-20 to 20 last weekend. And I think right now that uh, you have to give them the stick spot. I really do. Um, I think they deserve it. So I'll give – I'll give my sixth spot to Syracuse right now for that. And then we're going to go on to our next power six for our next pick six segment here. And I'm going to ask you what your power six teams are for the pack 12. And there are eight current ranked teams in the pack 12. So, and all the buzz with Colorado and everything else that's going on with them. So, in the Pac-12, where would you have – How what, what teams would you have in your power six? One is, one is Washington. Um, they was impressive this last week. You know, they uh, – they made – Michigan State looked like a grade school team. Um, you know, USC's number two. Number three would be Utah, which they got a big test this week with UCLA, um, which they play UCLA, Oregon State, USC, and Oregon in four of the next five games. So we're going to find out just how good Utah is going forward here. Um, four would be Oregon. Um Bo Nix, he's absolutely having one of the most fantastic seasons yet again. He's thrown for 893 yards, 
and he's not had an interception, and he's had a touchdown. So Oregon's right there. Five to me is Oregon State. Um, DJ, um, I call him DJ, DJ, no, DJ one, whatever. DJU. Um, DJU. I think he's really rejuvenated that Oregon State team. And then the sixth team would be Washington State, in which we all know they play each other this weekend in a big Pac-12 tilt. And I know people's going to ask me. They're going to say, why do you not have Colorado in your top six? And I'm, I'm going to tell you. That's what you're going to hear. Yep, absolutely. I'm going to tell you why. Because they haven't played nobody. Well, people are going to say, well, they played TCU and they were ranked, in the, but it was preseason ranked. But people are going to say that. The, the, <clears throat> beyond Shadur Sanders and Hunter and a few extra guys, this is, this is a decent team, but it's not top five. Does that make sense? The defense is not I mean, real good. <clears throat> If, when you have to take a team that, that a year ago lost to Sacramento State to double overtime and you're a, what, 20-something and a half-point favorite and you take them to double overtime, where does that – where does that – what's that show you? I'm just saying I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here because you <laughs> probably mean, I, know – you probably know that – I'm going to be pretty similar to that. So, you know, um, you know, I didn't have Colorado ranked, you know, I'll be honest with you preseason. I thought they would be improved, but I didn't think that they would win, you know, eight or nine ball games. I didn't pick them anywhere near that. Okay. I will will say this. Shadur Sanders is a Heisman candidate at quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. He's one of probably one of the most, Better one of the better quarterbacks in the country, but well, I mean, I agree. You got to show me now. If they beat Oregon, if they beat Oregon, then they'll be. I mean, the next we're going to find out about Colorado and Dion and Shadur Sanders the next two weeks. Now, here's here's my issue with this: is they're going to be without Hunter? They are three. For what? Three weeks, Travis. They Hunter, said they weeks. said at least three weeks is what they said. Yeah, without Travis Hunter, some of these games are going to be hard. It is. Now that Hunter's gone, I mean, you know, it's going to be a, another beast and another animal altogether. So you know, he's well, going to be out for they a few do weeks. Have, so. They do have Weaver. Weaver's a really big threat for him. But they got to have some other guys step up. Yeah. Well. He hurts. I think he hurts probably more defensively than he does offensively. They yeah, have that's, they that's, have a, that's they right, have a weapon. Was, they have a weapon or two on offense, on offense that they yeah. can that they can use. But defense defensively, on, defensively, they need him a lot more than they need him offensively. Yeah, I think he hurts them more on the defensive side of the ball because the Pac-12 is full of quarterbacks that can throw the ball around everywhere. Full of it. So having a guy like Travis Hunter to be able to shut down one whole side of the field on defense is a huge deal. And him being out is going to be a huge deal. So 
My power six teams in the Pac-12, and I know this is a big fuss show, but I'm going to be honest with you. My six teams are the exact same six teams that you got. Now, I might have a little different order. I have USC one right now, Washington two. Um, I think three and four are right. It's like three A and three B, and that's Utah and Oregon. Um, and then five and six would be Oregon State and Washington State. And yeah, this and, Washington, and we neither one, we neither one had UCLA in there, but UCLA. No, I don't have. Has not I don't have UC this year. I don't have UCLA in there yet. They are ranked. They they've come into the bottom of the top twenty five. They're like twenty four or something like that. Um, and Colorado, of course, is ranked too, and I think they're somewhere around twenty, something like that. Um, but you know, there's eight teams ranked, and we're picking six, so two of them can't be in it. You know, so my two that I left out are Colorado and UCLA. And the reason why I left those two out is I think that those two teams still have a little bit more to prove. If you ask me, Oregon State was a 10-win team last year. Washington State had a pretty good season, like seven or eight wins last year. And um, most people don't know Cameron Ward but he is a stellar, stellar quarterback for Washington State. They'll find out this Saturday. It's going to be on. It's going to be on TV. He is. He's a great, great quarterback. And you don't. And the thing is, you don't get a lot of these Oregon State, Washington State games on on Prime. But a lot. But this game's on TV, national TV. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the Oregon State, Washington State. You don't, State you don't, game? You don't yeah. get them very often. Yeah. All right. Especially I'm not going to play. Especially when they're ranked. Yep. I'm not going to play the little video that I got because if I do, it'll probably cut me out. So I'm not going to play it. But let's go for the no-fly zone. We're going to tell if a question or a topic here should fly or not fly. And we're going to kind of dig into a few topics this first one's going to be pretty simple, I think, so we won't stay too long on this first topic uh, because it's just a topic that is relevant right now. So, uh, you know, two weeks ago, Alabama lost in a game to Texas. Last week, they had three points in the fourth quarter and wound up winning 17-3. to three. Uh, Ty Simpson come in and did lead a couple of drives. And, and, you know, they beat South Florida 17-3. to He didn't throw a touchdown, but he led a couple of drives and looked pretty decent, was like 6 nine, uh, you know, and, and, and led some drives, scoring drives. Mm-hmm. But Nick Saban come out, I think, yesterday, I believe, and said that Jalen Milrow is going to be his starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Yeah. For this season, so Hammonds, is that the right call? It's fly. I think he gives Alabama the best opportunity to win, to win, especially win football <clears throat> games down in the in the future. You know, he you saw what he did against Middle Tennessee. You saw what he did 
you know, even against Texas, there were some there were some plays that if Alabama doesn't make, Alabama probably gets blowed out. And he made some plays in that game. Um, a lot of that wasn't on Milrow. A lot of that was on the defense. Um, then they had the inter they had one, I think they had a what an interception, but the defense hurt them in the Texas game. But the the one pass that Milrow did have that was picked off put Texas right in Alabama territory. And even, you know, even in a loss, I think he was pretty much the best option out there. And that that's what they and that's what they need. They need the and, and well you, so and you hope that he develops. I'm gonna give down. you I'm gonna give you my breakdown on things. And I, I watched some of the Texas game. I watched some of the UCF game. USC, not UCF, USF game. I'm sorry, I can't talk. South Florida, dadgummit. <laughs> Anyways, I watched some of both games, and I'm going to tell you what I see. So I don't think Alabama's offensive line is very good. Like, I really don't. I, they're big, but I'm not so sure that they're not big and slow. I mean, honestly, I, I'm not so sure. Like they, they're getting blown by. I don't think their offensive line is very good. No. And, and another thing too with Alabama, you know, having used said, to having said that. Go ahead. You're interrupting me. <laughs> no, what I was saying was, you know, used to you could just step on the field and know that Alabama was going to dominate you. That don't this team don't have that feel. No, absolutely not. So my take is this on the two quarterbacks. With the offensive line kind of looking like they might be running for the life, I think Jalen Milrow is the correct answer because he has the legs to escape and to buy some time. He's, he does look down the field sometimes, and he can run. All right? Ty Simpson, if you ask me, if that offensive line was playing better and could hold the pocket, I actually think Ty Simpson's the best pocket passer that they have. Ty Simpson can drop back three and five step drop back drops mm. and can, you know, the best pocket passer that they have. And that's just my opinion on it. The only reason why I'm going to say I think Jalen Milrow is the right choice, it's because of the offensive line. Yeah, it's it's not real good right now. And even the even the defensive line, the front four is not not as good as it has been in the past. But I'm not so sure that offensive line is not the like the 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 main cog in why Alabama has looked the way that they have so far. I know. You know, Texas, the defensive line ate them up. U USF the other day, they had a couple of guys, I mean, just blowing by them. So, I mean, the offensive line just does not look good. For that reason, I'm saying that uh, Milrow is the right choice. The next topic I'm going to go to is Henry Blackburn. Now, who is that, you say? 
Who is Henry Blackburn? Does anybody know who that is, by the way? Okay. In case you don't know who Henry Blackburn, Blackburn is, he is the Colorado defensive back, Colorado State defensive back, who delivered the hit on Travis Hunter the other night that everybody has gone nuts over, okay? And I just want to say this. So before the game was even over, because it went into overtime, people were leaking and posting his and his mother's phone number on social media. And their address. And address. His and his mother, people. His mother. All right? Yeah, it's gotten a little too. And they are getting death threats, including his mother. All right? I'm here to tell you guys, what the F are y'all doing? I mean, what the hell's going on with these people, with people in this world today? It's I mean, crazy. I don't understand it, man. I really don't. Like, this is a game of football. I mean, he delivered a hit in a game of football. As far the, as I know. In the heat of the moment. As far as I know, Travis Hunter wasn't walking the streets in Boulder in this just come out of nowhere and bold him, you know, and and blew him up across, you know, on the on the street somewhere. It was in the game of football, and on top of that, he wasn't head hunting. He didn't go head high. He he hit him in the chest, which is where you teach kids to hit nowadays. And he used his shoulder. Was it a late hit? Sure, it was a late sure. hit. Did it deserve a flag? Yes, it deserved a flag. Does any of this other crap deserve to be happening? Mm -mm. Absolutely, 1,000%. You know, no. And I'm going to say this on top of this. They even had a post about, I don't know who it was. I can't remember. I, I posted about it. They wanted to pull a scholarship. Henry Blackburn, that's the kid's name. They wanted okay. to pull his scholarship because he hit Travis Hunter. Wanted to pull his scholarship because he in like a game a where they were where they were fighting an hour before the kickoff. When the two teams were mouthing and fighting and had to be pulled off of each other an hour before the kickoff. Okay. I mean Get a grip, people. The, Get a the, grip. The, the, the internet and in the in the prime mania has went. I'm not saying it's all prime. That's not what I'm saying. But the media, a lot of the media caused a lot of this because they kept egging it on and egging it on, and it just kept. It's like a. It's like an old. My granny used to say it's like an old sore. You keep picking at it, it's eventually going to bust. And that's what happened. I mean, look, just look 10 years ago at some of the hits that was happening in college football. And then you know take a look. Have, you know what they would have had back when Ronnie Lott played? They would have had him I'm on I'm talking fire just squad. 10 years ago. Go look 10 years ago what hits look like 
in college football and then take a look at that hit that happened the other night and tell me that you can't see a difference, okay? On top of that, I do want to say this before I go off of this topic. Deion Sanders did have a a conference today, and he made a great statement. He told the fans – to that that should never happen, that he should, that Henry Blackburn should not be getting death threats and it shouldn't be going to his family and he that he's just a kid. He was playing the game of football. And, you know, whether it was right or wrong, he he hit, you know, I mean, nobody he said nobody at Colorado was mad at him, that that Henry, that Travis Hunter's not mad at him. I mean, you know, so I thought the statement that Dion made today was a great statement, well, and I was glad to see it. And two, what gets me is, you know, back even when Ronnie Lott and all these guys was playing, they would have had them before a firing squad. If, Lord if, have if mercy. Ronnie Lott was playing, he would have been under. He would have been under the jail somewhere. <laughs> had him come come under. Uh, uh, I mean, penitentiary somewhere. I mean, come on, people. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, Get it's a grip, man. What it is, it's. I'm gonna tell you another thing, and I'm gonna give you another example real quick before I get off of this. This is absolutely a fly, by the way. Under no circumstances, it's not a fly. This is absolutely a fly. But what kills me is this: if you're watching a damn baseball game. Fans don't even bat an eye if a pitcher throws a hundred mile an hour fastball at somebody's rib cage. They don't even bat an eye. Don't care nothing about it. They can throw. They they can come off the mound, throw a hundred and two mile an hour pitch at some rib cage or head, and fans don't say a damn word about that. But this kid can deliver a hit in a football game to the chest maybe one second after the football goes over his head and people lose their mind. Get a grip. Yeah. I'm serious. Get a grip. Get a grip. A hundred percent. I'm not even playing. All right. My next subject is this, and I want to ask you this question. So Lane Kiffin on Sunday, actually, um, made a statement that he didn't think Kevin Steele was running the defense and making the defensive play calls against <laughs> South Florida um, on Saturday that he thought Robinson was running the, the play calls on Saturday. And now Saban's come out and said, I don't know where he gets this and blah, blah, blah. Kiffin's come back and said, hey, look, I know all of them. I know what defense they they kind of calls they do. And I'm sorry, but I still think that Kevin Steele wasn't running the defense on Saturday. I think Kevin, there was a I think change Kevin, made. I think Kevin Steele was, you know, especially by what Saban was kind of going at in his press conference because he said, you know, he basically just said it word for word that Kevin Steele was basically the defensive coordinator and he was doing what he needed to do. 
the thing about Kiffin, you got to understand, Kiffin is a troll. They play each other. So there's some and the back thing and forth, is, so. the night before, I think it was the, the day after, he had retweeted Alabama beating South Florida 17-3. Like, he does – he does little stuff oh, I know. like that to get people Kiffin's hilarious on, on Twitter, y'all. If y'all ain't following Kiffin on Twitter, like some of the stuff that he does is, is I mean, he makes statements and says stuff that is that other coaches don't do, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's him. He's the head football coach of, of – and he's the one that's tweeting. These other people, half of them don't even – they don't even run their Twitter. They're not well, on a there. Lot of them, a lot of them. You know what I mean? Well, Kiffin, Lane Kiffin is hilarious on there, by the way. So if you're not following him, following him, you might want to follow Juice Kiffin too. I'll, yeah, I'll just, give you just so you know the dog. I'll give you. I'll give you a little tidbit. You might want to follow him too. You might find out who that is, but if you don't know. But anyway, so back to this. Did Saban make a switch? Nah, I don't think and just so. not telling to telling nobody. Mm-mm. I don't believe that. You think it's just gamemanship back and forth between Saban? Yeah, I think it's just a bunch of talk. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Myself, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. There might be something to it. So I'm going to go fly and go that there might be something to this and Kiffin might be on to something. I mean, maybe Kevin Stills, a defensive coordinator in name only. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I know. I have no idea. But I think it's kind of fun to keep up with. I can't wait to get back on tonight and see if Kiffin said something else. <laughs> All right, my last no-fly zone topic is this. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma Sooners quarterback, has he entered the Heisman race? I think there's a possibility, but there's so many other guys that are in front of him, I think. But he, he's putting up a lot of good numbers, though. I, think I mean, we really, we really has he quietly? Know. I mean, people. I don't even think people realize. I don't even think half the country would even know who Dylan Gabriel is if you said his name. He's the former UCF quarterback that came to Oklahoma, and this is his second year mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. I think it's it's possible. Um, I think we really ain't going to know much about Oklahoma. I mean, I know they play Cincinnati Saturday, but Cincinnati just got beat by Mineville High. So we we need to pump the brakes on Cincinnati a little bit now. Yeah, I think so too. I think they'll they'll take care of business at, at Cincinnati, but I really but don't Oklahoma think Oklahoma is killing people. They killing are. I don't think we're like really going to know. Running score and killing people. I don't think when we're I really going to know. I'm talking like. Yeah. 70 points, 66 points. I mean, you know, they're putting up like crazy numbers. I don't think we're really going to know much about Oklahoma until they play play Texas. 
I'm just saying, where they... look at this kid's numbers and look what Oklahoma is doing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not it's so sure. I'm not so sure that he's not seventh in the Heisman race right now. Six so would sure. probably be. Six would probably have to go to Shadur Sanders to me. But Dylan Gabriel's not far behind. He's not, y'all. I'm telling you. Um, I think he has at least entered the Heisman race. I think this is a fly. Absolutely. But if, think, in order to get – I think he, they got to at least get to the Big 12 championship and be talked about with the playoffs before they get an opportunity. He, he has that chance to be in the mix, I think. I mean, my guys right now would be Michael Penix Jr., Caleb Williams, um, Quinn Ewers, and Sam Hartman would be my top four. Mine is Caleb Williams. I think he wins at the end. He's generational. He's one of the best. No, man. Michael Penix. Michael Penix is putting up some numbers, man. Like yeah, he's, he's he's balling out. Yeah, look who he's playing though. Michael Penix has been he's put he he's he beat Fresno State or Boise State, I mean, at the beginning. Well, and um, USC ain't really played anybody either, so nope. We don't really know I'm, until we're gonna find out a lot this weekend. My leader right now would be Michael Penix Jr. But I my top four are the four that I just named. Um and then I would probably have um like I said, I think that Dylan Gabriel right now, if I had to look at everything, I think Dylan Gabriel would be seven on my list. I know I know where you're getting ready to go on this next little rant. I don't know what you're talking about. What rant? I know the bonus. I know what you're getting ready to go on. What rant? I'm not even – I don't, I, don't know know you, I, know I don't know what you I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you we know. <laughs> I've already had one rant or two. Yeah, well, this one's kind of it's 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 very questionable. All right, you want me to get to it? Here we go. Yeah, let's get to I it. I call this one I call this the final buzzer. Um, so this is the last topic of the show. It is called the final buzzer. And my topic on this guys is this, the SEC announced that the Florida Kentucky game is a noon 11 AM central time kickoff next, not this Sunday or this Saturday, but next Saturday, September the 30th. Okay. I have a huge, huge problem with that. So Kentucky and Florida has not had a noon kickoff game since 2003. You remember? You remember who when that game was? Jerry Jerry Lorenzen was the quarterback, and Kentucky was up 21 to three against a Ron Zook, Chris Leak. Um, Oh, was that that Chris Leak game? That was the game where Jerry Lorenzen threw a pick at the end of the game, 
and they returned it for a touchdown. Or no, it come to the one yard line, and they come back and beat us. So many times, but anyway, that, that is was not, the game. That was that is game not what that, my rant is about. My rant. Well, is I'm just about saying the, that was the game that Derek Abney had a punt return for a touchdown that would have put Kentucky up 28 to 10 or 28 three, and we had apparently we had 12 men on the field, and it costed us the game. So that's all I'll say on that game. But anyways, go ahead. Well, the last time Kentucky and Florida was early noon, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff was 2003. Since that time, 17 of 19 games has either been a 6 to 7 Central Time time slot. 17 of 19 games. There's only been two Florida-Kentucky games in the last 20 years, basically, that was even at the 2.30 or 3 o'clock time slot, Central Time. And there has been zero in the noon kickoff slot. SEC, everybody's been saying this this week about things, and I've noticed it. SEC, I think you're drunk. I mean, seriously, what the hell's going on? I don't understand it. I don't know how in the world you could have the Florida-Kentucky game not be one of these 6, 6.37, I'm talking central time zones here, time slots. Do you, even know, do you even know who the 4 o'clock game is? I mean, you got Missouri-Vandy in there, I think, is one of them. The Missouri yeah. Vandy games at four. I mean, what? But I don't. The understand. four o'clock. The four o'clock game usually battles the three thirty slot, and it it's not really a a key prime slot. You know what I mean? So, but it's better than a eleven a.m. noon kickoff. I mean, well, at least you'll get up at you were talking about you were talking about the Florida State Clemson game this week. And you were talking about that, but that game, at least they have it on a different time slot with some of these other big games, and they're not all the same time slot. The SEC has got games that shouldn't be where they are, and I hate to tell you, but I'm serious as a heart attack. SEC, I think you're drunk. And that's all I'm going to say. Like, it's ridiculous. All right, guys, that's our show tonight. Um, you can join us on Thursday night. We will be doing our game day pickums, and we have a lot of good games to pick from this week. There is six ranked versus ranked games, and then a seventh game of Florida and Clemson State that's not ranked. Clemson's not. Um, and then there are two or three other games that are really, really good. You got LSU and Arkansas, and I mean, there's a lot of really good games to talk about this week. So we're excited to bring you on Thursday well, night. If if we're being, you know, the SEC schedule this week is this. To be honest, you know, Auburn A and M. Auburn goes to Texas A and M. Ole Miss goes to Alabama. That's a good one. UTSA goes yeah. to Tennessee. Arkansas goes to LSU. That's the prime. That's the prime time slot. 
Um, you got Memphis going to Missouri. That's an that's a seven thirty game. Um, you got Mississippi State going to South Carolina. That's a seven thirty game. And then you got Kentucky and Vanderbilt at the at the noon kickoff, which um, that's always. I, I didn't get mad over that one, but the Florida or, 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 Kentucky. That's game. always been a good, decent game. Um, the biggest thing in that one. I'll just say this, and we'll, we'll we'll let it go to Thursday. But Kentucky's a fourteen point favorite, I, and they I just, should. I know I they should, should. But to me, that's a little high, though, considering the way Kentucky has played as of recent. That's that's just me. But we'll talk about that Thursday. We'll talk about all this more on Thursday night, guys. Um, yes, sir. Catch our college game day pick'em show. Um, and we will see you guys on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. And we appreciate you guys being with us. John, have a good night, man.